Welcome to the SBS Tour de France Avic Zwift podcast. From plenty of first-hand experience, I know that Zwift makes indoor riding fun. And watching the Tour de France Femme Avic Zwift only adds to the fun. This is the first women's TDF in decades. So Zwift is calling on fans to watch the Femme and cheer on the women's peloton in action. And I'm pretty sure it'll inspire you to ride because the finish line, well, that's just the beginning. You could even watch the tour while riding on Zwift, joining a group ride, doing one of the workouts, or exploring some of the roads of France, like the Ventop Climb, Alpe de Zwift, or the Champs-Élysées. To dive in and start riding with a free seven-day trial, head to Zwift.com. Here's Christophe and Macca with the SBS Tour de France Avic Zwift podcast. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Before we start, let me uh, remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sport or logger rides with our friends at Zwift. Joining me is Dave McKenzie. Hi, Dave. Oh, I am very good, and guess what I'm doing? I know what you're you doing. You know what I'm doing. Where did you get that lollipop? I'm sucking on a <laughs> chapa chap. First <laughs> one I've had in about 30 years. Um, Do they still taste the same? I, I, they taste pretty good, <laughs> and on a hot day like today, soothe the lips. Uh, uh, I'm good. I'm great. This is. I'm loving this. I'm loving this race. It's fantastic. Absolutely. And joining us is Gracie Elvin. How are you, Gracie? Bonjour, Christophe. Bonjour, uh, Maka. It's nice to be here again today. And uh, all day in the commentary again for you. Uh, for you today, um, still enjoying this. I love it. Yeah, it, a commentary is my favorite. I get to feel like I'm back in the race and the tactical part of racing was often my favorite part. And now I get to talk about the tactics of all the teams and the riders. Today was a great stage. I feel like we've been blessed with so many good stages in the tour so far this year. But this year, the, the today was, was great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are in Rosheim in, in Alsace. Since 2006, Marion Vos won 242 st- uh, wins. Bonkers. That's, that's win number 242. Yeah, it's, uh, our producer was just <laughs> saying to me in so many other different words, um, descriptive words <laughs> about that. And yeah, you know, we say it and we almost as a throwaway line, but we shouldn't, should we, Gracie? We should actually spend time talking about this because... She is one of the greatest, male or female, if not the greatest. I need to check the stats too, but I don't think that 242 includes any results from cyclocross or from the track. So she's actually Olympic champion on the track, multiple world champion cyclocross as well as probably dozens of World Cup victories there. She's an incredible bike rider, but my favourite thing so far, watching her go on the podium is her emotion and if you have 242 wins to your name on the road, maybe you just get used to winning, but she's not showing us that she's used to winning. This yellow jersey means everything to her. She was a huge part of getting the Tour de France Femme started in the first place, so she's really been one of those people that have been part of this movement for this this version of the Tour. So she's showing us emotion every day, not just the first day she won. Every time she pulls on that yellow jersey, you can see the tears in her eyes, and it's so special. I'm really grateful that I get to see it. And, and another stat in history, she's the first woman to win a stage while wearing the yellow jersey in a Tour de France fan because last time she won a stage early on in this uh, in this race, stage two, she didn't have the yellow jersey on her, but she has you, now. You love a good stat. Too, I do love you? a good stat. You yeah. love a good stat. Uh, no, I find she, stat everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and you just back to what your point, Gracie, that she had quite a bit to do with you know getting this race back 
uh, because we did have a women's tour de France previously. But and even Christian Prudhomme said that I think on day on the first road stage, I had a quick chat with him, and that I think that interview's up on the website. And he said that he said it's great. He said, you know, Marianne came into my office ten years ago and said, I want to be part of this. You know, I want this to happen. I want to be part of this. And yeah, it's really nice when you see someone like her you know sort of leading the charge if you like not just for herself but for all of women um, cyclists what's interesting is that the stat and the number of wins are so big that we are running out of words to describe how important this win is today i'm running out of words i'm running out of words too <laughs> i've all talked out I've, um yeah look it's just really great for the sport to see her Matt Keenan and I have talked about it a little bit of a, an argument you could say in the car sometimes about whether she's at her peak or whether she's past her peak but winning two stages here at the Tour de France farm winning a stage in the yellow jersey by anyone else's standards that's your peak that's peak career but for Marion Avos maybe it's past her peak which is absolutely amazing because she's she's still a winning rider So I don't know, it's, it's really interesting. It also tells us the specialization also of the riders in the women's peloton now. She, ca she can't beat Lorena Weber's in a pure sprint. She can't beat pure climbers like her countryman Annemiek van Vluten and Demi Vollering on the, the bigger climbs. But she can still win a really tough stage and one day races such as this one today. She's still at the top of her game. It's exceptional. Yeah, and I'm going to hold a question. I'll ask you. In a, in a moment. Okay. But it's it, an obvious one, but yeah. If, we are, ask it if now. we are running out of words, let's hear from Marianne Voss. From 2006 to uh, 2022, it's 242 wins uh, for you. What, what does that mean? What this one means to you? Well, every race is a new race, and like in the Tour de France, every day is a new day, so you have to really be, be prepared and be focused. And um, yeah, we wanted to do well today. We were here uh, with the team, uh, try and, and take the stage victory. And with Anna Henderson in the breakaway, we had a perfect situation. Um, the the group behind it controlled it, um, and yeah, I had the team around me to uh, to to keep me out of trouble, to keep me out of the wind. And then uh, yeah, with of course with the final kilometers to go, uh, it was really high speed. And a good lead out. I got into the final kilometer in a good position, and then of course you want to finish it off. Um, but I have to say, uh, it was difficult. It was a difficult sprint, but I'm very happy I could uh, could keep the lead. We knew that the final weekend was uh, was going to be hard. We were aiming for for the uh, the earlier stages. Um, yeah, and to be in yellow still tomorrow, that's uh, yeah, that's something we we didn't really uh, focus on. But of course, it has been a, a great week so far, and I'll try and recover and then try to get ready for tomorrow as well. Everyone refers to you as the goat, okay, the, the greatest of all time. But uh, what does that mean for you? How do you take this on? Nah, yeah, it's I don't know what to say. I mean, uh, I'm just trying my best and I try to do well in, the, in in what I'm doing and I have really nice people around me I have a good team around me that, uh, that yeah that, that that really want to go for it and yeah for me it's just uh, we're just riding our bikes and trying our best Did you look at the numbers at the numbers no 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 not really no of course like I say every day is a new day and uh, I think just to 
I enjoy riding my bike and I try to, yeah, to, to be at, at the highest level and I'm very happy I could get to the, to the front in a good shape. And for that, yeah, you're able to be there and to, to race, uh, yeah, to be there and uh, make good competition. So um, statistics are not really part of, uh, of the main, of the daily focus. And winning in yellow, uh, in that yellow jersey, we know how iconic the jersey is in the world of cycling, but uh, for you, as my voice, what, 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 what is it? Yeah, it's something, something really special, and I could not have imagined to win a stage in, uh, in the yellow jersey. So that's Marianne Evers. Uh, interesting this thought about her not dealing with the fact that we all think she's the greatest of all time. We, the stats speak for themselves. Uh, it's not me making this comment, but when I ask her this question, she's gently brushing it away because she just doesn't want to think about it, do you think? Yeah, I think, she, I think she's been pretty genuine. Um, look, some, some sports people do. You know, when you talk about tennis and Federer, that, that's the one that comes to mind. I think he... Yeah, you'll know better than me. Oh, it doesn't he does uh, sort of watch the stats? Well, Federer is someone that knows his stats better than anybody else. Yeah, and he's now or was for a little while trying to fill in the gaps. Yeah, to make sure he was the good. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Whereas I know I, I agree. I, I don't think Voss is trying no. to sort of you know be be modest and brush away. I think that's what she is. She's she's saying no, no. I, I just want to have fun. I just want to love racing the bike and you know, and that's probably what keeps her on her winning ways, Gracie, you know, because she's not focusing on, oh, another win here, or I want this or that. I haven't checked recently, but her Twitter and Instagram handle for a very long time, the byline was full-time hobby cyclist. And that just tells you that she's very humble. She, she doesn't take herself too seriously. But when she's in the race, she has wide line fever and she doesn't gift wins. It's not because she's not a gracious competitor. She is one of the best sports women around. Like she will always congratulate her teammates afterwards and, and, and race fairly. But if the win is up for grabs, she will go for it. And yeah. I love that about her. You saw in the images coming out of the stage for stage six, she was exhausted. Her body language was, it was emotional, but it was literally fatigue as well. Like she gives everything. I've seen her collapse at the end of races when I've raced against her she just gives everything she cares so much she's a huge fan of the sport if you can look up google images of her as a kid she used to go to the tour de france with her family and get autographs from her favorite riders and now she's here signing autographs for kids that are going to share that photo in 10 or 20 years time when they're here racing and i i just can't say how excited i am yeah. to be here to see <laughs> history starting like that so then what does it mean for our eight Aussies, you know, and some of them are, you know, uh, like Rach and Tiff, obviously highly experienced. They've raced against the likes of Voss a lot. But for Anya Lowe, for example, you know, she's so sprightly, even after a tough day, a great ride by her yesterday. But what, how much does this, do you think, give um, them inspiration, our young Aussies that are here racing? Yeah, it's, it's great for women cycling all around the world, but from an Australian angle, having eight riders, now seven, unfortunately we lost probably the favourite rider of Australian cycling, Amanda Spratt, early in the tour. Having seven Aussies here is going to do wonders for Australian cycling as well. SBS are showing every single minute of racing that's available from the broadcast here in France. They're able to watch it every day. They're able to watch the highlights. They're able to see all of the extra content we're providing them on social media. That's a huge new thing now that wasn't mm -hmm. particularly available when I was a kid or even a teenager. 
So there's just constant content for them to get to know these riders, to be fans of them, to watch how they're racing, to learn the tactics, to, to learn the history and the, the relevance of some of these races. It's just it's incomparable to anything in the past now and I think that's going to be awesome for female cycling in Australia moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And all the interviews with the Aussie riders are all available on, on the SBS website which is sbs.com.au slash sport. I've got a question for you, Gracie, though, and then we'll close the chapter for uh, Mayan Voice uh, after this. But you've raced and won in an Australian team. She's racing and winning in a Dutch team. So you're going to tell me you can't compare, but you can compare. <laughs> what, what does that actually mean if you're winning in a team that is held by your own country? Is there something in it? Yeah, it's, it is really special. I, I was really so grateful to wear the Aussie jersey for two years in Europe. I got to line up for the first ever La Course in Paris in my Australian jersey and that was a real pinch me moment. I was just yeah, so proud to wear the Aussie jersey in Europe and then to race for an Aussie team as well. It means a lot. All eyes are on you, though. You're a bit more marked. Um, but, yeah, I think Mariana Voss is a really proud Dutch woman. There's so many, there's nearly 30 Dutch women in this race, so it's pretty tough mm -hmm. to be the top of your game in that country. But you, do you carry the flag even on the actual team? Because you, the license, for you, the license was Australian. For them, the license is Dutch. Does, does that play a little bit in the back of your mind or you, in terms of your pride? Yeah, it does actually. It's You want to represent the jersey well, you want to represent your team well and I've been able to speak to Nicole Frain a few times here and I think she's really realising the, the pressures that come with the Aussie jersey and some people are ready for it and, and some people aren't. It wasn't that she didn't deserve the jersey. She won that jersey fair and square in a really awesome race at Nationals this year. But it's everything that comes after that and we've seen riders like Sarah Gigante struggle since winning that national title. There's just more pressure there, more eyes on you. You want to do the jersey justice and that takes away from your racing experience and development and it might actually impact the rest of your career because people go oh she was the Aussie champion but she didn't finish this many races this year or she didn't win like we were expecting her to and they might not sign you whether where they might have signed you because you're more of a developing rider and showing potential so it's a it's a tough one and I think that if you go to nationals wanting to win you need to know what the the after effects of that are and whether mm. you're you're ready to wear that jersey and, and represent it hopefully over in Europe. Yeah, absolutely. If we uh, look again back at uh, st that stage, uh, there's been a crash and uh, quite a nasty crash for Lorena uh, Wibbies. Yeah. Um, a bit sad because I had her in my uh, in my tipping <laughs> competition, just <laughs> yeah. to say. Yeah. Uh, it's good we're keeping the public aware of <laughs> what we're doing. But it was sad to see. She was in pain. I saw her at the, at the end of yeah. the, the stage. She was annoyed. She was like shaking the bike and in proper pain that yeah. was a tough one yeah it was tough and uh, you know it's it's the tour de france it's the tour de france you know there's a lot at stake and the stakes are higher than anywhere else throughout the year i think that's pretty apparent to see here and you know she's a good bike handler she's shown in the first few days she's the best sprinter here she's on the best form and she was looking good today gracie she because she was getting herself over those couple of little climbs i went big climbs today but they were always going to test her and she i think was going to make it she was going to make it to the finish i was um, licking my lips i must yeah, say yeah yeah that point, right i was to. licking my lips yeah <laughs> but look i'm i'm she's done an amazing job actually to get herself yeah. off the tarmac and get going i didn't think she was going to get going again for a second i thought she's broken a wrist or or something what what's your take on that 
Yeah, she was quite upset at the finish line today. She didn't want to talk to media. In the footage, I saw a teammate pushing away someone with the camera. They were really trying to protect her. I don't think it was really totally about her being upset about the outcome of the day. I think she was actually really hurt. And it's, it is amazing that she made it to the finish. So I'm not sure if she'll be lining up for stage seven. Uh, there's been a lot of riders that have finished stages and not lined up the next day. The injuries kind of hit them once they've finished the race. When they wake up really stiff and sore the next day, there's no broken bones, but it doesn't rule you out of not being able to move and pedal on your bike. So I'm not sure. It is really sad, but I think she was doing a great job before then to get through a tough stage, to get to try to go for another stage win. And her team have been really good too. So regardless of whether or not she starts again tomorrow, that the DSM team haven't lost everything they've still got some GC cards to play and that they they did pivot straight away in the stage today when they mm. knew that she wasn't going to come back they went straight to the front and were trying to do something else for their GC riders and tomorrow is a really hard stage with three category one climbs so uh, Juliette Labou is their number one with really great support there from Leon Lippert the German national champion so yeah, I think they'll be sad to see Lorena out of the tour if she decides not to start tomorrow. But I hope she does start and uh, shows the, the strength of her character, if she's not too hurt, of course. Yeah, thank you for the transition. Uh, in terms of the, the stage seven coming up uh, tonight on SBS, uh, this is what we've been waiting for, I think. Uh, and I'm not uh, biased. Maybe I'm a bit sadistic. I don't know. <laughs> we've, we've no, all I'm with you. It's, uh, but this, yeah. this, is, this is the end of the, of, of the, of the Tour de France. We're heading, to, we're heading towards the end of the Tour de France. And we said from the beginning, it was a very tough end. Uh, stage 7, Maca, it's, 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 it's a big one. It is. It's, Look, oh, it's starting to be a big one. Yeah, I mean, I'll say I'm sated with what we've had so far. <laughs> I think we've had a really good mix of stages. We've had some different winners. And now, as you say, we come to this 127 kilometres, three category ones, as you pointed out, Gracie, and we've got the Petit Ballon and we've got the Grand Ballon. D'Alsace. And yeah. finishes in Le Markstein. Do, do you want to know the stat? The, the Ballon d'Alsace yeah. was the first call ever climbed in the Tour de France back in 1903. Get out. Here's for you, Get my out friend. Of town. Yes. True, 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 no true fact. So That's we are we are cool. back on history roads actually. So here's my question now. Drum roll. Whoa. It's actually not that big a question. Can boss win? Is it is it not beyond her to win this race with these two big mountain days to come? Well, I, I brought my Akubra hat here with me to France. I haven't worn it as much as I'd been hoping to. It's, I've been dragging it around, let's face it. I've worn it the last few days, actually. Yeah, it's got a few sweat from a few different people. I'll be willing to eat my hat if Voss wins yellow. Overall, it's in this careful, tour. It's careful. There's a lot of people listening to this podcast. Yeah, I will demand it. <laughs> and people will demand this. You know? no, she, in her post-race interview, she doesn't believe in herself to be able to win in these two final very difficult stages regardless of whether or not Anna Meek is able to recover from her illness earlier in the week personally I think that she'll be fine she's going to be an amazing uh, climber in these last two stages it's going to be really tough for anyone else to keep up if she's not feeling so great we've still got Ashley Mumpasio and Demi Vollering both from SD Works that are just going to light it up and pretty much ride away from everyone else there'll be a handful of other riders that will be able to hold on for some Cassia Neodoma? Cassia is in really great form too and the Canyon Tram team have got high hopes for her. 
this tour, so I think that they're putting everything on her shoulders for the next or the last two stages. So, in terms of Mariana Voss winning, I say no, unfortunately. But I think she's enjoyed her moment in in yellow. Interesting, interesting. Mm. I can't wait to see you eating your hat. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, damn fighting words. Eh? <laughs> uh, Maka, stage uh, tomorrow. You got to give me some names. Um, yeah, no. Well, look, Gracie said it. I think. I think. I agree with you, and there'll, there'll probably be a couple of other. Um, I, I hope there's a couple of surprises that maybe none of us have thought of. This is where we see emerging talent. You know, we see it in the men's um, every year. You generally see one or two riders step up, whether it be a stage win or in the general classification. Do you expect that? Is the depth there that we could see some young climber that we don't know much about suddenly emerge? Definitely. There's been some really great young rider performances already in this year's tour, and We haven't seen any climbs, I don't think, harder than Category 3 yet. So I think that that's going to be... We're going straight to Category 1 tomorrow. There's no in-between. These intermediate stages have been really tough. But in terms of climbing, we haven't seen some of those fresh faces come to the fore yet. We're all expecting those favourites to, you know, do what they're going to do. But I think there will be a few surprises there. And potentially... Uh, One of the older riders in the peloton, Australian rider Rachel Nail, and she's known for targeting races in her career and actually performing really well, such as Olympic Games, World Championships, uh, and this is no different. So she actually surprised us on that gravel stage in staying in contention with that lead group. Uh, that just shows us that she's really strong and really in good form to be able to hold on on a stage that she would have hated. So I think that she she's been trying to keep her powder as dry as possible going into these these final climbing stages. Absolutely. She's a trooper, yeah. Rach. She and you know she had that crash too, but she she's bounced back and I'm with you. She could, yeah. She and she was a little bit disappointed on on the first couple of days. She sort of felt like she could have done a bit more. Uh, and just a quick mention here. Rachel Nalen wins a stage tomorrow for Kofidis. Does that count in our, oh, our, quest, our quest about Kofidis not winning or not? Oh, 100% because <laughs> it's an Aussie winning too. Yeah. It's even, it's even so better. So we make it count, yeah? Let, let's be clear. I, I think so. Definitely. And one more to mention is someone that's out of GC contention now that wanted to be in the GC running is bike exchange rider, American rider Kristen Faulkner. She's already five minutes down. She's had a lot of bad luck. She's carrying a lot of bandages from some crashes, but she's had an amazing season so far this year. She's shown herself on the climbs in other tours. I think she could be one to go, you know what, I could go in a breakaway today. I can, you know, make it pretty hard on that very first category climb and get away. So I think we're looking to riders like her as well to take their opportunity because they're out of contention for the overall. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's an interesting point. Will a, will a break go early and, and potentially win the day? I'm uh, adjusting my uh, tipping competition uh, as we speak. Uh, <laughs> no, we're, just, we're throwing you down dead-end corners, roads. You, you, you don't mind taking the whole Australian public with you? <laughs> as long as I don't win that competition. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Uh, do, do you have anything else you want to... No, add? no. Oh, look, I, I just think one other mention. I think, you know, it, it's great to talk about the race and uh, I just want to touch on one of the other Aussies. They're all doing a fantastic job and they've all been so good to us doing interviews and everything and I've really enjoyed it. But Anya Lowe's teammate yeah. now has taken the, the white jersey. So this is a really big thing and they're one of the smallest teams in the race. They're the youngest team on average age. And according to their press officer, she said, I think they're almost the shortest team <laughs> as well. They're quite small. They're very but, small. <laughs> yeah, but they've got the white jersey and they are going to be fighting hard for that over the next two days.
That's for sure. This is a really special jersey for them. Um, the white jersey is actually quite important. I think it's more important in women's cycling than it is in men's cycling because we don't have under-23 races, we don't have an under-23 world championship. So getting white jerseys in tours is really important. Getting the white jersey at the Tour de France, super important. And it's giving these riders the opportunity to show themselves and get really good contracts, get a market value for themselves for the future. So I think it's a great team. Interesting, t the, this team is apparently backed by Patrick Lefebvre, so I, I'm not quite sure how that's going to play out in the future, but I think he had to really do a big 180 last year when he lost to Koenig as a sponsor because of his comments about women cycling. So I'd really like to see what he has to say about this particular team, their performances so far at the Tour de France and how he sees the value in it going forward. Do you want him to eat his hat as well? <laughs> maybe, maybe something else. <laughs> There's no fetishism here, that's fine. Maybe something else. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you. This was the uh, Zwift SBS Cycling Podcast. Before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash sport or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until the next time, same place, same time tomorrow. It's bye for now. Thanks for listening to the SBS Tour de France Avic Zwift podcast. I hope you're having as much fun as I am watching the Tour de France film Avic Zwift. As the finish line is just the beginning, the next step for me is to get ready for the Australian summer. So I'm going to keep fit and keep it fun on Zwift. A fun way to train is to join one of the group rides, hop in with a pace partner or an ad hoc bunchie and take on some of the great courses. My favourites are Ventop, Alpe de Zwift, the RGV course in France and the Japan inspired Mercury Islands. And if, like me, you've been inspired by the women at the TDFFAZ, dive in and start riding with a free seven-day trial by simply heading to Zwift.com. Ride on.